So today's podcast, Trevor and I are going to talk about evangelization, the why and the how. Again, this podcast is meant to continue and to expand on the topics at Holy Grounds. So here we are, talking about the why and the how of evangelization. Trevor, how are you doing today? Man, I'm feeling good, uh, like I should, to quote one of the favorite songs you have on your playlist. Alex has a, a playlist that, that goes on at, at a, a lot of our events, and it has, I, I'm guessing, about 20 songs. Because it's like, <laughs> you, I, at, at some point in the event, it hits the, the cycle and it plays over again. Um, anyway, one of the songs in that playlist is that song, I'm feeling good, like I should. Yeah, so I, I always wait for it to come on. Are you listening to it right now? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah, yeah. This is good. Like, yeah. People are gonna be able to hear this. <laughs> I should make that in my ringtone, um, dude. If it wasn't copyrighted, we would definitely be able to make that the intro. But there's, oh. legally, we're not allowed to do that. So. What? What if they? What if they tuned into the podcast and they're like, "How could you? How could you?" Yeah, we surfaces. We get a major lawsuit, but I don't. I don't. Somehow, I don't think we'll make it on the radio. So I don't even know who it is. Um, but yeah, I'm doing well. I'm having a good day. Alex, how are you doing? Good, good. We so Trevor and I actually. We've been talking like maybe an hour and a half previous to recording this and just, just sharing life with each other, good friendship, talking about a lot of different things. And yeah, I just want to unpack the, the last two weeks. Um, I wasn't here for one of the weeks, so that'll be difficult, but I was here last night. So maybe you pack up that week instead of unpack that week. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll, you'll have to really unpack it, but we'll just we'll share just some thoughts in general about the why and the how of evangelization. And... Uh, so what what comes to your mind when you when you think of the why of evangelization? Yeah, so, so I think Meg did a really good job of explaining this a lot by analogy, um, because yeah, it's something she's really big on. But one thing that she talked about a lot in in that conversation about um, why should we evangelize was that evangelization predominantly is is the display of Christ like at work within us, right? So so. The Lord recreates us um, in the waters of baptism and, 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 you know, through the sacraments and through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are poured out into us. And that we become like this actual, almost like moving, living, breathing image of the Father's love. And so what she, she really pointed out is like to be an evangelist is to, to be authentically yourself in the, con- not like this, you know, cheapened sense of being authentically yourself that you see in the culture. And this idea of like, do whatever you want, do whatever makes you happy. Not that. Instead, this idea of like, be who God created you to be with your own unique talents, abilities. It uh, reminds me of a lot of her talk really brought me back to St. Catherine of Siena's quote where she says, you know, uh, become who God created you to be and you'll set the world on fire. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, I think that the why of evangelization that she like kind of identified in that is like really just like living as a beloved son or daughter, like it's, it's a part of like who you're growing into was really big. One specific thing for me, that was really, really um, maybe like life changing. I would say last that last year, I, I really like learned for the first time, or I guess understood for the first time, is that evangelization, while it is a duty in some ways, that's that's incumbent upon us, right? This is the language you see in uh, the the document I referenced in the talk last night, Evangelii Nuziandi. You see this phrase like the duty incumbent upon the church. That is true. Yet what I think I had missed before is that like there's there's a great in, well, an infinite capacity in the heart of Jesus to love, right? Um, and in as much as like the Lord is calling me to be elevated into His likeness, there's a there's a finite and not even just finite in a in a large sense, but like a very small capacity for love in my heart, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not like it's a one way street. Like my my capacity to believe that the Lord loves me and receive His love is contingent upon 
my ability also to be able to give love, right? Like they're, they're both like, it's almost imagining like a rope and imagining it like you start with it all coiled, but then you're pulling it out like two people holding on different ends. And, and they're like, as you pull the one end out, the other gets longer, right? Like they're both like going together. Um, and so evangelization, right? Practicing this, this virtue of like sharing the faith with others almost is expanding our hearts to experience God's love more fully. So in the roundabout way, now I, I, I'm viewing it as not something I'm just like, I'm a really good person because I'm doing good for other people, but I'm actually like in my own best interest, desiring to be loved more fully by God and to receive that love more fully. Like my heart has to expand to receive all of the love that he wants to give to me. And it can only expand by the virtue of me, like giving love to others. So it stretches me to comprehend what it would be like to be like the savior of the world, to die on a cross. Um, that's a long-winded, but those, those are yeah. two of the big things I think about when I think about the like why evangelize. Hmm. So, so there there is an element in which it's a natural extension of of who we are, what we're made for, and then there's a secondary component that it's it's in evangelizing that the Lord increases our capacity to love and to be loved. That's awesome. Yeah, I really like that. I really yeah. like that. That's a lot too. Lots to chew on. Um, yeah, I think that something that comes to mind with the why of evangelization, I think I think it's probably somewhere in the middle of those two points. And something I, I, I shared last night, I think I think it's at the at the heart of it, evangelization is, is love of it's love of God and love of neighbor. And it's 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 love of God through love of neighbor is actually I think what it is. And uh, and so it, it's it's to it's to desire and to will and to to act in a way that leads to the betterment of those around you by providing a good, right? What's the good? It's the greatest good of God himself, saying that no matter what I do for you in your life, there's nothing that I could do for you more than just pointing you back to God, right? And and we talk about that. We'll talk about the how in a little bit. And and it could be like overtly through, hey, I want to invite you to go to confession with me. It could be um, passively, just, hey, I just want to remind you, it's it's going to be okay, and that God has control of the situation. Like, it could, it could, it could be whatever in whatever way, shape, or form. But just just knowing that I have nothing more than that I could provide this person than to somehow redirect them back towards God. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. So, I think one of the things for me that's kind of come up again and again is is just that like it's love of neighbor. So so. Who's your neighbor? Jesus answers that question, right? It's literally everyone. <laughs> everyone. You, you read the Good Samaritan, and and it's everyone. So love, I think love is what needs to be defined here. And and I just go back to this again of like, this is like maybe the biggest conversation that's still happening in our in culture is like, what is love? What is what does it look like in relationships? What are characteristics of love? Um, how tolerant is love? How forgiving is love? Um, how emotion based is love? Like mm-hmm. how how long does love last? Like if it if it fades in a marriage in ten years and then there's a divorce, was was that love? Was it not love? Does love fade? Does love endure? Like what is what is love and what does it look like? And I, and I think that's a huge conversation. I would love to maybe even have a separate maybe holy ground talk on that. We could expand mm-hmm. on that here. Mm-hmm. But but love, I believe and I would fight for that an aspect of love is that it's intentional. It's not it's not accidental. Yeah, but love is intentional, and so you look at evangelization that it's love of neighbor, and so it's being intentional with the people around you, mm-hmm. right? And like mm-hmm. having an intention for what you do and what you say, yeah. And that intention being for their good, and their ultimate good is a relationship with God. So in some way, having an intention of what you do and what you say 
to impact the the relationship of people in their relationship with God around you in some in some level. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think what's really cool about what you're saying about the love is intentional is that, that like this is not some external reality imposed upon us, but rather what we observe is the nature of God's relationship with us. Like if you think about even the creation of humanity, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't God was like, ah, mm, a little bit too much point. of the, the super sauce over here, and then now we have humans, right? <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't so right. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a chance, right? Like God intentionally said, I want to like to create something to pour like our life into, mm-hmm. right? Speaking from the Trinity, um, and even going beyond simply the creation, because obviously we see even more the intentionality of the Lord as He as He creates. Or as he like, you know, tries to bring back humanity through his chosen people through Israel. This is constant intentionality, um, and then mm. obviously most fully witnessed and manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah, like that. <laughs> there's no way to define the incarnation as an accident. God doesn't right. accidentally become a human, right. right? But it's an intentional choice that He says, like, I'm going to make a way where there so isn't true. one. Um, and the passion is not accidental, right? Like, like nothing we see witnessed in, in the Lord's like works mm. throughout the Scripture and throughout salvation history is accidental. And mm. so to think that the way that I would love would be just, oh, you know, I just right place, right time. I just say the right, like that's just mm. not reality. Now the reality is sometimes you, you know, as as the Lord is conforming you more to His image and likeness, there might be times that like you are simply living, like as 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 a beloved son or daughter, that the Lord like is working through you in ways that are not uh, maybe apparent to you. Right. So, but it's it's not that it's like contrary to your intention. You know, if your intention is to be used by the Lord at every moment, right. uh, maybe maybe something happens miraculously from a conversation. I'm sure you've had this, Alex, where mm-hmm. someone will come to you and be like, "This really stood out to me. I've like never mm-hmm. forgotten you saying this." And you're like, "I don't even remember saying that." Right. right. So it doesn't mean it's unintentional. It just means that it might not have been of your explicit purpose, but there was an intended. Like your intention was in a, in a more passive sense, like to be a witness in that situation. Right. Totally. You know? um, Gosh, it's really good. I really, really like that. I, I like that. So I think there's 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 an entire foundational element to this, which is at the heart of it, evangelization should be intentional because love is intentional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. And, and, and something that's that's happened. And this is in my own experience. I'm sure you can deal with this or relate to this too. But it's like the the confusion that if anything is intentional in our life in our culture it's manipulative and it has an agenda right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like there's no way that you can just want my good for the sake of wanting my good like you want something out of me you want something from me you you're um a bit common one in in evangelization focus or campus ministries like you're just wanting numbers yeah you just want me to you want me to want my friends or to to get through to whoever or um you want to be able to feel successful about your 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 efforts whatever it is but there's something that in our heart is distrustful that there's no way that someone can just want our good for the for wanting our good that there's some kind of agenda or you know the reason yeah. behind it which that's that's a whole nother thing but but it's yeah. definitely there and I've, I've heard it quite a bit yeah which is obviously again not to go too down the rabbit hole but that i mean that's clearly the work of satan because mm. they're, because they're, they're you can't conceive of a way to explain god creating humanity from a utilitarian perspective right like it does it's not possible because what could he possibly derive besides some sort of like I guess you could conceive of a way, but it would be so contrary to the Christian gospel. Like that somehow God like needs like affirmation of people worshiping him or something mm, like that. But right. like yeah, intentional intentionality as far as it applies to this um, this question of evangelization is incredibly important. So um, true. And again again, this is and then maybe we're kind of bleeding over into the how here, but 
this is why again like jesus being intentional about it, it wasn't mm. like he like shotgun evangelized right so like he does right. spend time like speaking with the crowds that's like that's you can't you know sometimes i hear people talk about like he didn't even do it at all it's like well yeah he spent a lot of time with the crowds he did but the reality of like calling disciples to follow him to you know to sleep in tents or whatever i guess they would have slept mm. there but you know like to follow him on this journey for three years there's no way you can conceive of it that he didn't spend the most time with like the 12 apostles, the 72 disciples, you know, all these people, like he gave them such intentionality time. And it's not like, you know, with, with the, with the idea of like the public speaking or, you know, the talks that he gives the crowd, it's almost like more of like, Hey, let's like, he knows who's going to respond. Who isn't. But for me, if I'm giving that talk, it's like, I'm just hoping someone bites. Whereas the difference between that and like, the intentional choice to empower the 12 to send them the Holy Spirit and to like lead them to be the leaders of the church is like it's very like specific um, and I think like when we talk about this for ourselves it's the reality that like it, yeah maybe I could just like pull up on strangers like with my free time two hours a day like for the rest of the week and like just like start like hitting people with the gospel and maybe like God, the right. Lord will bless it but what you see modeled in Jesus is like the intentional choice over years to invest heavily in a few um and I think that's the idea for us too. Is like, am, am I willing and humility to be like, Lord, is there just a couple people? Is there just two, maybe? You yeah. know. And and if there's more, great. And if the Lord like, but it's like re- recognizing limitations. We were just talking about this, like accepting limitations and allowing our sphere of influence to be, you know, as small as like is is necessary for us to still like um, live within our vocation to, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. I really appreciate you pointing back to the scriptures and in creation and just like proof that love is intentional this is this is true in our family life and our friendships and and evangelization is that is that love is intentional and that at the heart of it to to have the right why of evangelization is is to be committed to living with intention with purpose for the betterment of everyone's relationship with god that that's the ultimate good at the, mm-hmm, at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Whether you find yourself in a crowd, whether you find yourself in a one-off encounter, or yep. whether you find yourself with a small people you're investing your heart and mind in. Beautiful. Okay, so so leading into the how then, into the practicals of what does this look like, I have a, I have a framework I want to throw your way and, and, and get your thoughts on. So this is something I came across in counseling, in my counseling studies, that, uh, and I think it's very true for evangelization, but we can talk about how it breaks down. But... You have two approaches, I would say, in counseling and in evangelization, um, and it's this: you have the top down or the bottom up. Okay, the top down or the bottom up. So that the top down of evangelization would be proclaiming the good news and what we're made for, right? So it's like you're made for relationship with God. You're made to be loved. You're you're sustained by love and by grace. God desires to part His mercy. Like um, you're created for relationship with Him now, but but in heaven forever. That those every desire of your heart would be fulfilled um that you would be reunited with your loved ones you'd have a glorified body like it's, it's the good news of of the christianity of catholicism of the catholic church um it would be uh just the the theoretical and theological truths that that, that we believe in that we try to align our life towards right mm-hmm. so the top down that's the top is is heavenly beatific right mm-hmm. then the bottom up is is more of the person-centered approach of what are you going through? What have you been through? In what ways have your experiences in life shaped you for good or for bad? In what ways have you um, needed to kind of save yourself 
and uh, what ways have you needed, uh, like, when, what ways have you been able to cope with life's demands or stresses or, or, or hurts or whatever it's been? What's been your experience? What's been your story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and meeting on a personal level to to rather than maybe um, teach about like these beatific, um, you know, this beatific like theology that we believe in, rather than uh, bottom up is focusing on the person and mm-hmm. slowly working your way up towards those things of. You know, you don't need to cope with these things on your own because God desires for you to have people in your life that you can turn to in, in intimacy. So those are the two approaches, right? Top down or bottom up. What are what are your what are your thoughts when you hear about those two? Let me uh, paraphrase them to see if I understand it right. So so bottom up would be like, or t- sorry, top down would be the idea of like almost like what you see a lot of times in. Let's assume it's. <laughs> I was going to say street preacher, but that's loaded language. Uh, let's say it's you know someone someone who sits down with someone with good intentions, with, with like a, like you know even an authentic and true understanding of the gospel. Um, but they but they go in and their desire is to like to really just like hit the person with that truth in the moment, right? Um, because they're like everyone's made for this, and like the reality is like this is what will fulfill you. Mm-hmm. A good desire, right? Not like again, that's not what I'm not saying that in a casting way. The bottom right. up would be someone like. I want to approach this person and get to know them over the course of time. And as like I get to know their story, like I, I specifically can be led by the Holy Spirit to uh, be a witness to the gospel into, into the ho- holes or wounds in their specific life yeah. um, that, that the Lord wants to fill. Totally. Um, and, and what you're asking is like, which one <laughs> maybe like, like a preference or like kind of like the advantages, disadvantages or like, yeah, just like your, your gut reaction to that because, because one is at a collective level. What is humanity made for? Right, and the other is at a personal, individual level of what has been your experience in the context, maybe of what you're made for, and like mm-hmm, you said, slowly mm-hmm. and patiently working your way there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but but obviously, I, I can even hear by the paraphrasing that that maybe you feel or recognize that that one might be more fruitful than the other. But, but yeah, yeah, what are your thoughts? There? Well, I, I will be careful to say that there's a setting for both, right? And so I think that like the first, the the top down, is proper to um, like a more of a, of a like public speaking or their talks or, or like a, like a methodology of teaching um, and preaching, right? So this is like it is at the heart of the church. Like I think uh, important that there is like this this teaching, right? And and that there's not sort of like a, a kind of a sleight of hand by which we fall into this like subjectivism or this this relativism, mm-hmm. um, right? Where it's like this is what is true about the world. This is what is true about you and your relationship with Jesus. What you're made for. And I think that there's appropriate mediums through which that's communicated, right? And I think those appropriate mediums um, of like the top-down approach of just like going straight at it, like hitting straight to the truth, is much more from from like a, yeah, giving talks or like YouTube channels mm-hmm. or like those kinds of things where it's like, or, or your CCD classes, things like that. Now, <laughs> I think that even within those, like having like a level of hum- humanity, like kind of like allowing the like almost like being like a, like a wounded healer, right? Like you allow, like mm-hmm. like you show like the wound of like where the Lord healed you, right? Like this idea of Jesus appearing to Thomas after the resurrection, letting him like put his fingers into his, his the wounds of the cross. I think that there's something even in, in those settings that that's appropriate. So uh, maybe then it's kind of like a, a mix between the two. But generally, I guess what I'm saying is in that context of a, of a wider kind of speaking or, or preaching or teaching, I think that the top down makes sense in an interpersonal way of evangelizing that is most common to 99.9% of us in most situations for those of us that, you know, aren't the, the speakers of the world. 
um, which I think would include myself because yeah. Anyway, you get the point. For, for most of us, most of the time, <laughs> what I do, like with 99% of my time, is spend time with people one on one or in small groups. Um, I think that the bottom up is like really, like I don't really see much of an argument for the top down. Now, again, there might be like a random time that you feel an inspiration of the Holy Spirit right. to just send it with a random person. And that's great. Like, God bless that. You know, mm-hmm. like that's a good thing. But I think the reality is, again, going back to the model that we see in Jesus, like, the investment in one like in the small like over time is like clearly i think the way through which like the lord like personally just like transforms people's hearts and again like i'm biased like i work for an organization that's founded upon this approach right um but i think like yeah if if maybe you don't believe that like study the scriptures like look at the, the tradition of the church uh maybe assess your own experience and see whether or not like the bottom-up approach this idea of like allowing the lord to shine in those little wounds or those hurts or you know even like the the good experiences from your life and allowing this to be like a way by which someone encounters the gospel like evaluate and see if that's true um because i think that what you'll find is that this is the way um that that many come to faith if not most i would say yeah i i really like that that framework i think it makes a lot of sense and you can understand a lot of attempts to evangelize um through each of those like is this is this more of a top down or more of a bottom up uh and, and i think that both are totally necessary like you said in different situations and i think within the same person like the the capacity to do both are necessary within everyone like everyone should know what what the end goal is everyone should know like have have their sights set towards god and towards like intimacy with him mm-hmm. as, as a top down right and, and should be able to share that with people but I think that often people get stuck in evangelization because they're like, I, I don't know enough about like the top. Like I don't I don't know how to articulate it. I don't know how to share it. I don't know how to I don't know how to convince someone of it or get them excited about it or whatever. I just feel uncomfortable. And so it kind of conversations of the faith that look like this. Like yeah, I don't know. I'm just struggling. I haven't been to church in a while. Well, you know that like the like the church is like Christ's expression of love to the world, and and I think it's really like you know we should go to church on Sundays. It's kind of like that top, it's a top down and it just doesn't fit. And so what I think that most people need to grow in while both is the bottom up is to sit with the person and, and to encounter them. Because and it was one of my favorite things I'll explain on this, I think more next week. But this, this, um, this verse in, in the Psalms of, of taste and see, taste and see, right? Like the Lord invites us to taste, to experience it. And then to have our eyes opened to the truth. So the bottom up is this encounter with another person where you're sitting with them in, in their life, in the ordinary instances of their life that cause fear, anxiety, shame, depression, whatever it might be. Sitting with them, giving them that, that experience, that encounter of love, and then expanding on it to let them see that, the intention behind what, what it is that, you know, that's leading to that encounter. Yeah. So I love it. I love yeah, love and, and I think that's a helpful framework. Like you said, referencing like a like a um, a perspective within, within counseling, obviously very centered on dealing with people, like learning to understand how how to like um, yeah enter into someone's life in a way that's going to be impactful, life changing. And I think like I am one the leader uh, of of this group of people that many that might listen to this belong to called speaking before listening. Uh, right. Like I often like fall into this, right. Cause I have the answer or at least I think I do. Right. A lot of times I actually don't, but, but I think I do. Right. 
it's the pride in me. It's it's or even sometimes it's not pride. Like maybe sometimes I legitimately like the like it's like I know this because I went through this and I want to just tell you. Um, mm. But I have to sit and be like, well, like, is this person in a place one where they're like they want direction or do they want like understanding? Right. Like that's such an important right. distinction to make. Like, do they want direction? Or do they want understanding. And obviously, sometimes you might need to give someone things to people that they don't want. That's obviously true. But the the reality is like if someone's looking to you like if someone comes to you and they're like man like i just really want like this big juicy hamburger and like that would just be like the best thing to satisfy my hunger and you're like hey like you want a glass of water like like you know you've met like a need that everyone has but you've not met the correct need that's like most like acutely being like lived out in them right now and i think that's like the reality of what you're saying of this Mm. bottom-up approach it's like man like if someone's coming from a place where they literally just had no one which again this is actually be (laughs) <laughs> I take this off the in our culture i think less and less and less and less and less and less is becoming almost so rare to have people that are good listeners mm. incredibly rare because it, we live in a culture that doesn't encourage listening and encourages talking right mm. like that like it's the social media complex it's the soundbite complex it's the you know the twitter complex like mm. the, the reality is like we're trending as a society more towards being better well, not even better speakers, but at least better, yeah. like better, you know, more uh, in tune more. with just talking, mm. less about listening. The reality is like so many people just need to be heard. Amen. Yeah. Like they, they do need the truth Amen. of the faith, but they just need someone to listen to them first. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'm so incredibly like uh, fired up about that because I think like it's something that I know I'm deficient in. Like I'm sitting here, you know, pot holding or what is it? The pot calling the kettle black. Like I'm so bad at talking instead of listening but it's something I also have like noticed the way that when someone listens in my life, how like life altering that is. Um, so yeah, I think this, this bottom up approach is really recognizing the need and meeting him. I think what you're saying is so true for the top down, bottom up. So the top down can often come across as like a sound bite of like, here's a great quote and Mm -hmm. and, you're, you're sharing something with me. Here's a quote or here's a teaching of the church or here's a dogma or here's something. Hopefully this, this answers what you're saying mm-hmm. where the bottom up is this commitment to the person and yes. this walking and journeying with the yeah. person. And, and, and I was going to say last, last thing is like in my experience, Catholics in particular, zealous, faithful Catholics are, are more eager to ask me why I'm like, or not even to ask me to say like to point out, Hey, like you're, you're about to have a cup of coffee and masses in 50 minutes. You're going to break the fast. They're more willing to point that out than to say something like, Hey, you seem like a little sad. Like, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, I, something I talked about last night is, is evangelization. You can't care more about the external than the internal. And I think that that kind of goes back to it too, is like there with the bottom up approach, it has to be a willingness and a commitment to the person and not just to the problem. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I think again, it's not villainizing that like the truths of the faith, like the mass fast is good, like the teachings of the faith are good, and and and, and they're good because they, they actually like once we have gone through the bottom up approach, they're actually like you know the means by which we stay on the rails, we stay connected to the Lord, like we, we grow in our understanding of what is good, and you know conform like Saint Paul says in Romans twelve, like we're um, being transformed by the renewal of our minds, and not not like settling for the things of this world, the th- thoughts of this world. So they they are good. Like, it's not like this relativistic, like, you just got to love mm-hmm. and forget all truth. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's the reality that love sometimes first approaches the person. Like, Jesus, when he caught the woman in adultery, didn't give her a lecture. Right. right? He wasn't like, right. this is why you're an adulteress and this is why you're a sinner. Right. Like, like he, he's like, has no one condemned you? Mm-hmm. Neither do I. Like, go and sin right. anymore. 
and again, you could point to different examples of the scripture that might lead to an opposite understanding. But I think the point is like, there's a time and place for all things, as Ecclesiastes says. And, and, and we got to know that like, sometimes you just got to listen. And if we're being honest with ourselves, most of us as true children of our culture are more apt to talk than to listen. Mm, so yeah. true. Uh, it, last, last story kind of makes me think of as we maybe come to an end here in the next few minutes. But I remember I was, um, I was a missionary at Tulsa a few years ago and, and there was a, there was a guy spending time with and, and he would, he would make like inappropriate jokes. Like when around some of his other friends and he'd start cussing and, and, everything in me was like man it's so like bad and it's inappropriate and I just was getting like more and more like kind of uncomfortable and I and I wanted to point it out I kept asking my wife like yeah I think I'm just gonna point it out I think I'm, I think I'm just gonna call him out on it and and I remember her just saying like is is this kind of like the battle that you want to pick like is is this what he's doing or what's happening in his life or what he's sharing with you that you most want to address like is this actually the best conversation for his well-being and and again, it it, it kind of goes back to the to the external versus internal. I think we're we're so quick to see the ways that people are, um, you know, are, are are falling into drinking or into cussing or like this like bad like moral behavior, that that it keeps us from seeing the person. And I remember just like, all right, okay, I'm willing to sit in this a little bit and be uncomfortable, and and that led to me not maybe ending that relationship too soon or putting tension like led me to be able to speak it gave me the authority to speak into his life to where i could call him out in the deepest deepest things in his life and not the externals um and and now this this man's about to uh, welcome his first child and and he came back to the faith and his wife came back to the faith from she was gone for a few years from the church and they're about to baptize their their child catholic whenever um whenever she's born and i i just think that everything has changed because I was able to sit with that uncomfortable external for the sake of seeing the internal, what was really going on in his heart, mind, and soul. So not being put off or scandalized or holding people at arm's length when the external of their life is is um, incongruent with what we hold it to be important or, or good. Just like you said, like the, Jesus did not preach immediately to the woman, but gave that encounter of love. And he's even willing to sit in that uncomfortable nature, right? Where like mm-hmm. she's living in a way that's, obviously ungodly you know yeah yeah but for the sake of love and then leads leads her to truth yeah that's such a good story man that fires me up uh go let's go let's go evangelize let's go let's go <laughs> let's go be saints baby uh yeah i really appreciated uh, this conversation i think yeah hopefully again we're not experts one thing i think throughout the talks and throughout this podcast if you know if you've been around for the whole time thanks for sticking in here uh but I think it can come off sometimes you're like, oh, like they were missionaries at the campus ministers. They like know what they're doing. And that's just like so not true. <laughs> you know, like, like we, we've learned things, certainly. Um, but, but, but the reality is like there are as many ways to evangelize as there are um, baptized sons and daughters of, mm. of our Heavenly Father. Like the Lord created you with a specific like purpose in mind, with a specific end, with a specific, well, the end being him. Right. But like. He, he created you in a unique way that, that preaches the gospel through your body, through your soul, that no one else can. Um, and so, like, yeah, Al- Alex and I, or, like, other people, you know, Megan giving a talk a couple weeks ago, like, like other people that you know that you feel, like, really fired up about the faith and good oh, at sharing yeah. it, like, they're, they do it all, we all do it in different ways. And the reality is, like, the world needs you, mm. you to be the person to share the gospel through your own body and soul, your own, you know, unique uh, human human person that the Lord created you to be in order to, to fully like 
give a better display of who he is and, and, and bring glory to, to his name. Um, so go be it. Go be that saint, baby. Amen. Amen. And, and all these things, like whether it's giving talks or whether it's podcasts or whether it's conversations or, you know, moments of evangelization, they only are learned through trial and error as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I have given horrible talks where someone literally fell asleep in the front row. And I'm like, oh, man. Like we've we've done multiple takes on podcasts, multiple like literally like an hour and a half for a twenty minute bit, uh, and and you know like Hillary and I we've had a lot of redirects in our relationship where she's told me like you're just not loving me well you know and it's I've learned through error so it's like all these things that are done well they only happen through error so you cannot be afraid to make mistakes or to do something imperfectly, and uh, I have a lot of stories about that for another time. <laughs> have, a, have a whole podcast of just all the freaking the, mess ups the over flops. the years. <laughs> oh, the we'll just call it the, the yeah, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, no. the belly flops. Even and, and and even those, the Lord blesses and He works with because we are are giving our best to Him, asking Him to bless it. True, true. Uh, amen, amen. Okay, this is the Sooner Catholic Podcast. This is Alex Sanchez and Trevor Barreca talking about evangelization want to thank you for listening this week. I hope that this is edifying on your relationship and journey with Christ. And we look forward to our next time together. God bless you guys.